Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Comic Report wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're following us on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. For those who are not there, go to Empire Media, that's A-M-P-I-R-E, and you can find us there. Keep rolling with that, folks. Today, again, just you and me as we wrap up the August 5th training camp practice. Before I get going, a couple news and notes. One, uh, rookie tight end Cole Turner tweaked his hamstring in, in an early drill, was able to walk off under his own power, but stayed the rest of the practice in the 10. I don't think it's anything serious, but you know we'll find out more tomorrow and in subsequent days. But that's why he wasn't out there. And then also uh, linebacker Trey Walker, who was an undrafted rookie from Idaho, a guy that they liked and thought had a chance to at least perhaps make, make either the practice squad or something, um, he decided to retire. Finally, Two receivers working on the side field today. Yes, Curtis Samuel, as well as Deami Brown. Now, again, they keep saying they have a plan for Samuel, so we're just going to assume this is part of the plan, and we'll find out more. If he's not out there tomorrow and you're sitting out two days after what essentially was a rest day on Thursday, just a is really just a walkthrough that you have to say, like, where is he really at? So I think a big thing, it'll be good, it would be good to see him on the field tomorrow um, whether or not it's part of the plan, I don't know, but but I think it would be a good thing to see him to let everybody know that this is a steady um, steady ramp up period versus sitting out two straight practices in addition to having a a really what was called a recovery day on Thursday. So there you go. So one other thing isn't really in all that important, but it is for me. This today starts my tenth season working for ESPN. It was nine years ago today that I started working for ESPN. So I've got a new three-year deal. You're going to be with me for three more years. Don't, you know, there you go. That's all I want to tell you. So thank you as always, thanks for your interest. And I meet people out here at camp, some of the fans, I appreciate your interest and I, you guys, your passion allows me to do this and continue to do this and continue to grow a podcast during what has been a turbulent period for this franchise. All right, enough of that. Let's get to practice. I want to start off talking about one guy who I think has looked really good, and he's looked really good his first two years here, but I think he looks better this summer, and he looked really good this spring. It's Cam Curl, the third-year safety. It's a big year for Cam Curl because if they're going to give him an extension after this year, he's going to have to earn it this year to really determine his full worth and value, but he has had a really good camp and he was he had a good spring and it's continued this summer one of the things that you notice with him is that is the communication he is able he is talking a lot more in the field that's something coaches talk about as well but that is like before he was a lot more silent with his leadership this year it's coming as much from his vocal vocal aspect 
as well as much as anything. That's a sign of his growing confidence in himself and what he's seeing and also his comfort in the defense. So today, so he just, he looks good. Um, and they're using him some at Buffalo nickel, the role that obviously Landon Collins filled, not all the time, but he can play in the two deep set. And that's what makes Curl dangerous is that he can play in that two deep set. So if a third safety comes in, Curl might be up in the box. He might not be. Because if you bring in either Derek Forrest or a Percy Butler or someone like that, they can also go up there, especially Forrest, I think right now would be more effective up there. But because of Curl's versatility, he's ability to play back, play in the box, makes him a, a big-time threat for them in this defense this year. He's looked really sharp. But again, communication, confidence, and the comfort. Those three C's are why Cam Curl, another C, is, is having a good summer. So let's see where this goes, but he's off to a really good start. Derek Forrest, also want to talk about him because he's worked in that uh, third as a third safety role a lot of times with the first group. And sometimes it depends on if are you using a nickel corner? That's Benjamin St. Juice, and he's looked really good as well. So where do you go? It gives you the fact that some of these young guys are playing well in these spots this summer gives them some options when the fall comes. Now, they got to continue in the fall. Nothing is promised. Just because you showed out here doesn't mean it translates always to the fall. But for right now, they're coming along pretty well. And so, but when Force is in there, he is as a third safety. He can play up. One of the things that coaches love about him is he's very physical. He is, he's got enough speed to play that deep half as well. So that's why if you put him in there with a curl and Bobby McCain, which safety is coming up? It's not an automatic as to who would be up at, um, in the box area as that as that Buffalo, that third nickel, that Buffalo nickel position of third safety, I should say. But Force has been very active. And you hear, basically, you hear a defensive backs coach, Chris Harris, often saying, way to go, Defo, way to go, Defo. You hear that a lot. So a lot of times it's, it's about how he's filling the hole. He is physical. He does want to come up and strike you. So it may be that he's like, He's got a little DeShazer effort in him in that regard. Um, but I think, you know, I'll see where he progresses. And we didn't get a chance to see him last summer to really have a full way to maybe measure for us to measure his progress. Coaches can. But for us to measure it, how he looked last year, we didn't see him. He missed camp with that with a hamstring injury. But he is somebody who has flashed this summer. But again, Cam Curl, big, a really good summer so far. All right, so one of the early things that was discussed early in practice today was, hey, David Mayo is in in one of those two linebacker, five, two linebackers, you know, five line, five D linemen, two linebacker sets instead of Jamin Davis. Now, they did this last year, too, and it depends on, you know, if you're if you're really if your goal in this situation is to stop the run, they're probably going to go with a little bit with more with Mayo because he and Cole Holcomb together are better at stopping the run. That's one of the things that both those guys do well together. So Mayo was in there early on for Jamie Davis. I will say, if you're the 19th overall pick and you got that size and athleticism, you better start being better against the run and you shouldn't be supplanted by David Mayo. But don't discount what Mayo can help them with. I think he's, he's a guy who reacts quickly to the ball, a good backup to have. And I think he also helps Cole Holcomb on the field with his ability to sometimes take some of the thought process away from Holcomb. Either he, know, he can relay calls 
He also can recognize things. I think it takes a little bit off Holcomb's fight and allows him to go play fast as well. But later in the practice, Davis was definitely in there. So, and again, sometimes it's about packages they're running. If they're going with a one linebacker set, it's going to be Cole Holcomb. But later in the practice, um, Jamin Davis was in there. And I actually thought he did a really nice job in coverage. And I want to talk about that for a minute. I got all my notes here. So you pardon me for looking down, those of you watching on YouTube. But there were a couple of times in coverage that I want to talk about. One, we included a little snippet the other day, my um, training camp report with Jamin Davis going against J.D. McKissick. And it was a really nice move by McKissick. And I pointed that out because you, I want to show you some of what I've been talking about with McKissick, his ability to sell a certain route. And he can, he's one of the few guys who would do a double move like that in a short, in a short area because of his quick twitch ability. What I also wanted to point out on that coverage was Davis did a pretty nice job of staying with him despite the moves by McKissick. And I would also point out McKissick ran that same move against Kalik Hudson a few days earlier and just basically was open by five yards in a game situation or in a game-like setting, you know, I think it was 11 on 11. So, you know, just noting that. So that's one thing Davis does well. And then today there were a couple of times where the coverage stood out. And one of the times was against, was against J.D. McKissick. And in the 11-11, it was inside the 10-yard line. And uh, Davis is lined up opposite McKissick. McKissick comes out, tries to make, does not make a double move, tries to make a move, stems, breaks inside. What I liked about Davis, he settled his feet. Settled his feet, was patient, broke inside with them, took him away. So that's where you see the athleticism and the speed of Davis, and that's what he does well, has to become, and, you know, I don't want to sit here and say he's had a bad camp against the run, but I do know if they're putting Mayo in there, that's part of, you know, that that's a role that he fills well, but I think Davis needs to progress to that point. Where he's at really there, well, you have to, it's hard to always fully know because you don't always know where he's supposed to be on a particular play, so, but I think it's something worth watching as camp goes and as the season goes, the role that Davis plays will tell will tell all of us what they think of him in what situation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Carson Wentz. Some more inconsistencies. And, you know, the funny thing is, is trying to figure out why, what are those, what do those inconsistencies stem from? And again, some of this, when you talk to people here, the word, the word you'll hear too is process, right? Process over results right now. So what they have to do right now is continue to work on the timing between the receivers and the quarterbacks. And, and then you with, with Wentz, it's getting your mechanics right 
more consistently. But what they'll also point out is they'll look at his completion percentage over the years, and it's fairly consistent. So, you know, like while there might be some off-target throws and all that, the, the percentages are fairly consistent. That's what they're pointing to as well. So right now, they're more focused on what are you doing? Are you making the right decision on this play? Are you making the right read? Are you, you know, make, you know making the right call against this look? Whatever. That's a big focal point. But for me, sometimes, like, when I'm watching him throw an air and he's off, you know, the coaches do the same thing. Like, why was he – why was a quarterback, whether it's Wentz or anybody else, why were they off on this play but hit this one or vice versa? And sometimes it's route depth. Sometimes it's mechanics. And sometimes you might see Wentz maybe doesn't follow through on a throw. Does that affect it? Well, it's certainly going to affect it. But sometimes he doesn't fall through and the throw is right there. So, you know, but that's where a consistency thing comes in. But it's not always one thing, because if it was, I think it'd be easy to fix. You know, so anyway, just a little update there. For those wondering about the return game, I think one guy to watch there is Dax Milne, because he's one of the guys working both as a punt returner and as a kick returner. And if he, they like him as a receiver. So if he can win one of those two, if he can become their top returner, what it does is it creates another spot for some, somewhere else, maybe allows you to keep an extra tight end or an extra offensive lineman, whatever. If Milne doesn't become their top returner, they have to keep someone like an Alex Erickson for punts or something like that. Then you have to one, you know, then maybe you can't take, maybe you can't keep four tight ends on the roster, or maybe you may want to keep four backs on the roster. So I think that's the value of Milne, but he's been working both punts and kickoffs. Not a great day for Antonio Gibson, or at least the handoff game, or the, you know, there were two different fumbles or two fumbles on, um, with, by Gibson. What I don't know is, before you overreact, is was it on the handoff? Was it something with, or with the exchange or whatever? Or was it just a matter of ball protection, ball security? I don't know because with the, based on the angle, all you see is Gibson run up there and lose the ball. But it's in a kind of a mess of players. So I don't have a good angle on So I'm not going to overreact. We all know that it was a problem in the first half of last year second half it was not an issue first half it was people that you know people on his side will say hey they thought it was as much about the injury because he's worried about getting hit because the pain involved in that in that shin but um today i don't know what the reason was i just know what the result was and what i know on those plays is on the first one cam curl there he is scooped up the first one on the second one cam curl made the stop and it was um, Casey Tuhill coming in and swooping in and, and scooping up that ball and taking off downfield. So, but that's something that they've got to get that right with, with Gibson or with the handoffs, whatever the issue was. And again, not going to overreact, but I am going to point out that that is what happened. Let's talk about uh, Fidarian Mathis. And again, I think I talked to you the other day about this. I don't think he's the kind of guy who's just going to wow you in a practice like this. That's not his game. I think his wow factor is more doing some of the nitty gritty work, right? Taking on taking on a double team on certain on certain looks or the stunts, you know, and, and occupying guys and you know uh, cleaning out on a stunt, whatever. And today, one of the things I saw from him is against a double team, and it was against um, Keith Ismail and Andrew Norwell that you want like these the linemen are taught, you know, you buckle your knee a little, you buckle your one of your knees, and then you're trying to angle your hips to basically narrow your target for them and maintain your strength. But I did see him on that one get knocked to the ground. And 
you know, but I've seen him other times, his strength is definitely a big factor for him. So, and you saw that, like, there were a couple of rushes he had in one-on-ones where I felt like he did a nice job. One of them, he did a nice job, just used the power to take over, you know, to get through the center, but then he slips toward the end, but a nice job using that power. He really is a power rusher right now. I think he's got to perfect, get something down, get a move down um, that he can use. But I think right now it's power. And I think really what they want him for, stop, help stop that run game. That's why he's here. With the, oh, I want to point out this one play too, where there was a um, touchdown by the offense in, inside the 10. And what I liked about the play is the ability to line up Jahan Dotson to the inside, Terry McLaurin on the outside, clear him out, bring the running back out of the out to the flat, and it's an open touchdown because on that's exactly what they did today. So Curl was lined up over Dotson, it's a few yards off, but Dotson is really good at kind of cu- coming up, pressing inside, and and it forced Curl to kind of inch inside, cheat inside a little bit because it's there for him. McLaurin clears out and clears the corner out as well. That leaves Gibson to coming out of the backfield. The, the key on this one was Wentz makes a quick decision, quick read, quick decision, gets the ball, nice throw to Gibson in around the five-yard line, hits him in stride, turns it up, was a touchdown. So that's a play where, again, you have Dotson McClure on the same side. Both are really good route runners. Both sell routes really well. And I think that a lot forces guys to maybe cheat a little bit because of that. And it can leave the back coming out of the backfield in a good spot. And that was the case right there. I will say the goal line drill did not go very well for the first offense. Now, when I did ask Rivera about this after practice, just about like really the goal line drill in general. One thing he did point out, which is true, tight ends were really hindered or slowed in this row. And that's a big deal because there's no Logan Thomas, obviously no John Bates still. And then you had Cole Turner out and Samus Reyes also had a hamstring. So you're down to blocking tight ends, which Amani Rogers and Curtis Hodges, those guys are not at that point yet where they're going to be clearing guys out or helping as much in there as some of the other guys. But still, you would like to see a little bit more push by that offensive front to generate more of a push and and more maybe open up a little bit a little bit more of a crease for these backs. But the one one on one set, it was Gibson going around the end and Casey Tuhill um chasing him down from the backside. Nice job by Tuhill, really good read. Next play, Mayo stops Brian Robinson in the hole. Next play, a bootleg to the left. They want to hit um Amani Rogers, Jamin Davis, not fooled. Covers them, not there, incomplete. Next play, uh, Cam Curl fills the gap, causes the fumble. And again, I don't know if it was on Gibson or the handoff, but a nice job by Curl. And then it was Two Hill scooping it up. So, and then the last thing I'm going to talk about is Chase Young. And there's really nothing new to report there. We still know he's going to miss the season opener. Um, we don't really have a timetable. I, I've always told you mid September at the earliest. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say four to six, but that's a guess. So don't hold me to that because um, we don't know because it may be that he progresses by the end of the of, by the end of August. And they say, hey, it's only going to be a couple of games. But the one thing that you still notice about about Chase Young is the, the way he's on the sidelines exhorting his teammates. And, and you can, you definitely hear him yelling to his guys on the sideline, not just like, hey, you know, not just like not just 
um, encouraging them what they need to watch for, what they need to be doing. So I think that's a good thing for him to stay involved and to, to maintain that role as a leader because that is what he is. And the one thing Rivera always talks about with Chase Young is the amount of energy he brings. So that's it for today, August 5th. Washington will be practicing at FedEx Field on Saturday night. I will have another podcast after that. Probably will go up either late, late, late Saturday night or very early Sunday morning. So I'll talk to you next time.